10 News Conference continues that the new number two man in the Roman Catholic Diocese of Providence, coadjutor Bishop Richard Henning, who will eventually become the next Bishop of Providence next year. Bishop, uh, it's a changing of the guard. Now, you know, Bishop Tobin was pretty conservative, and he didn't mind criticizing the Pope from time to time. Uh, what kind of a bishop are you? Are you like him, or are you more centrist, a little more liberal? I guess that's what everybody wants to know. Hmm. The problem for me is that I try to avoid that language yeah. in the life of the church. You know, we're not, I, I do understand that right now in our country, the issues, they matter, and there's a lot of issues. There's yep. a lot of division, there's a lot of rancor. The church, though, is not um, an organization, it's a communion. And so our, our call is to, even when we argue with each other or disagree, to remain a communion. So um, I, I want to make sure that uh, my life as a priest, as a bishop, and someday as diocesan bishop here, is characterized by a commitment to the mission of Jesus Christ and to communion of the church. Um, I believe in and will uphold Catholic teaching. So that's, if that makes me conservative, I don't know that other people can decide that. Um, but I, I believe, uh, you know, and I want to communicate that belief. But I also want to listen and to walk with people. I'm open, uh, uh, always open to dialogue. I'm always open to listen. And that's something Pope Francis has been so good at communicating to the whole world. Right. Well, I know that this particular bishop has been critical of the Pope's uh, comments on same-sex marriage from time to time. And, you know, you've got a congressional delegation for strongly pro-choice Democrats. What are your thoughts as you as you take the helm here? Uh, what are you closer to Pope John Paul or closer to this particular pope we have? No, I'm trying to get a little sense of you know, where you're coming from. Um, well, I, my vocation was born in the age of John Paul II, but um, I'm not sure I have to pick one. I think each of them, uh, Colonel Dolan once gave a talk on the three, on John Paul, Benedict, and Francis, talking about so the special genius of each and how important it is to combine uh, the heritage, really, that comes out of these three pontificates because they, uh, they really grapple with, with the church's role in the world and how to live out the, the call since Vatican II, and each of them has very important insights in that. Um, so, uh, you know, John Paul is special to me, he is a saint, um, and special because he really inspired me as a, as a child, um, so that's important. Um, but Pope Francis is the one who called me to be a bishop, and the one who is now going to mission me here to Rhode Island, so I feel a very a great closeness to him. In fact, um, when he spoke to us in the Ad Limite, he talked about closeness, he talked about the importance of the bishop being close to other bishops, being close to the people, being close to the poor, but I felt that moment really close to him as I do today. So I shouldn't call you a conservative, I, I shouldn't use that term, you don't like that? You are free to no, call no, me I whatever wanna... you like. <laughs> um, I, I would prefer to avoid those labels because they're so fraught with things that are really matters of the culture, and, uh, and I think we all need to get past that if we're going to be able to talk to each other or listen to each other. So I would prefer to uh, be known as, as a bishop who lives and proclaims, God willing, the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that does have bearing on the real life, right, on the, the concrete living of life. And that does mean sometimes conflict, uh, often conflict. Um, but I don't want to be a party. I, I want to be a communion. And uh, this particular diocese, what do you want to know about it? 600,000 Catholics on the books, at least. But it's got problems, uh, dwindling enrollment, not enough priests. 
a sexual assault uh, abuse case pops up every now and then, not the volume we've had. So what have you, what have you been told? What's, what's, what do you think is job number one? Hmm. Um, I have a list <laughs> already, um, but I, I think for me one of the key things will be to get to know the priests. I think that they are critical to the mission of the church and the state. So I want to know uh, what they're experiencing, what they need. Um, I do uh, come here, uh, I speak Spanish, I've worked in Spanish for 30 years. I really want to get to know the immigrant community uh, here in Providence and in Rhode Island and, and engage uh, with them. Uh, although now I'm learning, I have to learn Portuguese on top of Spanish, so I'm going to try to figure that one out. Um, uh, so those are kind of key areas of interest. Um, I believe Catholic schools to evangelization and family life and I think family life is the heart of the church if I look at the experience of Long Island and I believe the same is true here that the diminishment of church practice is very much associated with the collapse of the American family so I would like to see if there are ways we can build up and strengthen Catholic families and then I think the life of the church flows from that that's really the church it's found in the home Roman Catholic Bishop of Providence Thomas Tobin who retires next year he's been in Providence will make next year to be 18 years. He turns 75 and that's when he must, by canon law, submit his resignation. I spoke to him on Wednesday as he welcomed his successor and his coadjutor bishop now, uh, Bishop Henning, who we just met. Uh, bishop Tobin will probably step down maybe the first half of next year. Bishop, uh, well, 18 years later, you're, you're going to leave us? Are you going to stick around? What are you thinking? Well, again, it's going to be a while until my formal retirement right. is accepted. It could be months, could be a year. Who knows how long? Um, but after I retire, I do expect to stay in uh, Rhode Island, in Providence, and to be of assistance to the new bishop in any way that I can help. But I will certainly do my best to uh, step away from the uh, spotlight and from the stage, but to be here and to help in any way I can. You think it's going to be a while before they accept it, or do you think they're going to hit accepting right away? You've had, you've had some you've had some breaks with the Vatican and this particular uh, Pope. I, everybody knows that. Sure. So do you think he wants a, a new person here? Give me a frank answer. What do you think is going to happen? Yeah. Well, again, um, the fact that he's given us a coadjutor, I think, is a sign of his um, respect for our diocese, first of all. And the appointment of a coadjutor comes at the request of the diocese yeah. bishop. So this wasn't imposed by the Holy Father. This was something I requested. And I did that primarily because of the very unique uh, situation we have here. Bishop Evans and I are classmates. We're both turning 75 about the same time. We're both be retiring about the same time, within a year or so. So I thought in terms of trying to provide for a smooth transition of leadership here in the diocese, it would be good to have someone on board already. That's why I asked for a co-juter. That's why the Holy Father granted it, and I'm very very grateful for that. You've been critical of the Holy Father with regards to his stance on well, gay marriage and you know sometimes you say he doesn't speak strong enough about the uh, pro-life issues and things like that. We've read it. I've seen that in your column and elsewhere. So, so what's really at play here? Well what's really at play here is the, is the work of the church. This is how the church goes on. As I said during my comments, the life of the church and the life of diocese, priests and bishops come and go. Um, 
I remember you pointing out this morning that when Bishop Mulvey was appointed, he was appointed as the co-juder to Bishop Jelano. So this is something that happens from time to time. And I'm just very pleased the Holy Father accepted my request to do it. I think it's good for the diocesan church. Yeah. I mean, do you think we're going to have a political shift here with this particular bishop? He might be a little more closer to the Pope than, than you were in views. You're more of a conservative. Is he more of a middle, middle ground liberal? What do you think? Well, I don't know yet. Um, I didn't I'll know. ask him. I, of course, I didn't know uh, Bishop Henning until we met last week at the bishop meeting. So we'd never met before. So I've read a lot about him. I have a great deal of confidence in him. I think he's very well prepared to lead the diocese. But time will tell. He will have to come in and learn the diocese, and he'll stake out his own position. So I really don't know him well enough to talk about his, uh, his theological or, or political stance. Final question. Uh, you're going to turn over some of the problems that you've been struggling, that were turned over to you. Low church attendance, uh, not enough priests, uh, still popping up some scandals here and there, every now and then, uh, and on and on and on. You going to give them the brief? Sure. Well, we'll have a lot of time again to work together in these intervening months. And again, it could be four months, it could be six months, it could be a year. I don't know how long uh, we'll have until I'm actually finally retired. But along with all the problems and challenges, we're also handing on to him a great deal of blessings. So many wonderful people and great priests and strong parishes and thriving schools and uh, finances that are in pretty good shape. So uh, we talk about handing on problems. We're handing on a lot of, of blessings as well. Right. And you'll look, you had a pretty stern hand and you never backed down. You're conservative and you spoke your mind. Are you concerned that as you leave, somebody else is going to take over? It's a different ship and I've done what I can. I'm not concerned about that at all. Again, that's how the church works. All I can claim is in 18 years that I will have been here, I've, um, I've worked hard and I've done my best. The rest is in the Lord's hands. So as I said during my remarks, Jesus ultimately is the good shepherd and he entrusts the rest of us to, uh, to do our best. And that's all I can claim. Try as I might today, you're being very diplomatic. <laughs> you're not... <laughs> Well, this, you want to be more direct before I let you go? This is a moment for diplomacy, I think. So we'll let it go with that. All right. I first met Bishop Tobin in May of 2005 when I went to Ohio. He came to us from Ohio. And I had been rumored for other uh, unnamed places as well. Uh, but I had better information that uh, Providence was, was coming. So I was not surprised when I got the call. To jump from a diocese of about 240,000 Catholics to one with more than 600,000 parishioners. Some have called it a promotion, sure. If someone thinks highly of you, and I would assume that that was the Pope, or at the time, uh, the Pope's top people, mm -hmm. you were well thought of. I would hope so. Um, usually that's how an assignment like this comes about. But one never knows exactly what the conversations are behind the scenes. Tobin leaves Youngstown after nine years and St. Columba Cathedral that looks down on the Rust Belt City that's never fully recovered from the closure of the steel mills in the 1970s. Though bright spots include Youngstown State, the art gallery, and the jobs at the GM assembly plant just to the north. The diocese, in fact, covers six counties with a range of communities including the more affluent suburb of Poland, Ohio, 20 minutes to the south. This is Market Street, the city's main thoroughfare. In fact, the cathedral's half a block up. Coming to Youngstown wasn't that big a change for the bishop. In fact, he's from the region, Pittsburgh, an hour and a half away. You were very comfortable with the leadership of Pope John Paul. Absolutely. And I you're very comfortable with the leadership now of Pope Benedict. England. Absolutely. You More see eye to eye with both of these Canada, men, mm -hmm. doctrinally, China, spiritually, 
and traditionally. Yes, of course. And I use the word traditional because I don't think people like the word conservative. Mm -hmm. Do you think of yourself as traditional? Well, again, I suppose a lot depends on how that term is defined with each individual. But yes, I certainly think Pope John Paul II and now Pope Benedict uh, have carried on that tradition very beautifully and have uh, given us a clear example of leadership for the church today that we should all uh, reflect upon and, and try to imitate. No married priests, no female priests. That's the clear and consistent teaching of the church from the very beginning and we need to be comfortable in understanding that and accepting it. But you do have a place for women in the administration. Absolutely. And you have the chancellor here as a woman mm -hmm. and, and women also hold uh, higher posts throughout your diocese. We have w women involved in several key administrative uh, positions in uh, the Diocese of Youngstown. Expect an anti-abortion activist. To me that's the fundamental issue. But it's not the only issue. We speak about capital punishment and euthanasia and stem cell research and, and, and violence in families and, and in our streets and war. All of these things are part and parcel of the pro-life agenda. While abortion comes first, it's not the only issue that we should be involved in. Tobin's been writing about all of the above, about the abuse scandals. I think there are three or four uh, litigation uh, cases going on at, at the present time. These all predate you. Absolutely. And under your watch, there were no uh, current, concurrent We're incidents. not aware of any incidents of sexual abuse in the last nine or ten years. Andy's been writing about birth control and the shortage of priests and all the issues that draw debate in a diocesan column, something he'll continue in Providence. I hope it's a time of renewal. Um, I think one of the most important gifts that, that Christians share and can share with our broader community is the gift of hope. All of that pretty much stays the same over these uh, 17, will be 18 years next year. Uh, a strong pro-life stance, uh, not for same-sex marriage, not for females in the priesthood, and on and on. And he's also not shy about telling local politicians, don't come for communion if you're not aligned with the traditional teachings of the Roman Catholic Church. He also told that to President Biden. If you're ever in Providence, uh, you can come to church, but don't receive communion.